So good morning. Um, this morning's a little different. It's a, a stanza, a, a lone uh, morning. My name's Simon, the associate pastor here. If you didn't get that before when Andy um, introduced me. You know, I can't move on this morning without mentioning last week. What happened last week? You see, it was such a good week in the Woodward household. See, I'm immensely proud of Wales reaching the semi-finals of the Euros. And I'm so glad I nailed my colours to the mast and supported them straight from the beginning. And then there's Andy Murray. Andy Murray, who Andy said earlier, he's made it to another Wimbledon final. And my wife, Dee, Scottish, and this afternoon she'll be shouting, shouting him on. And we'll see this afternoon if he can add another Wimbledon title to his name. And then, as Andy said, of course, if he does, then he's British, not Scottish. And I want to invite you all to support him this afternoon. Get behind him. Encourage him on. Dee's asked me to ask you that. In fact, she's begged me. (laughs) Then shout for France tonight, because I'm still not over that Portugal win. And as I've invited you to support Andy Murray this afternoon. I wonder how you feel when you receive an invitation of another kind. There's the link. Whether it's an invitation to a meal, uh, a birthday party, or a wedding. You see, invitations make us feel wanted and accepted. You know, even if we can't go, it's nice to think, isn't it, that we've been remembered, that we've been invited, that we've been thought of, that we're liked enough for our company to be requested. Well, this morning, I want you to know that you all have an invitation. And it's not for a meal, a birthday party, or a wedding. It's for something so much bigger than that. You have an invitation to a relationship, a relationship with the creator of the universe, a relationship with the one who knows everything about you and loves you unconditionally. You have an invitation from the one who chose you before the foundation of the earth. You see, you were on his mind then. You're on his mind now. And you'll be on his mind for all eternity. That's incredible. It's the greatest invitation we'll ever have. And God gives it to every single one of us. And as a result, I think it demands our RSVP. And that's the title of my talk this morning. RSVP, Respondez-vous, s'il vous plaît. As you can tell, I'm not French. But what that basically means is, please respond. And you often find it at the bottom of an invitation with a, a date for you to respond by. And this morning, you and I are all being offered an invitation, whether it's for the first time or whether it's again to enter into a deeper relationship with God. See, that's what Christianity is. It's an invitation. See, there are 800,000 words in the Bible, 1,189 chapters. I've counted them. And what they basically come down to is God wanting a relationship with us. Three main things through the Bible flow through it. Forgiveness, from the past, new life here and now, and then hope for the future. It's ultimately a story of God trying to get his kids back, trying to get his kids back at any cost. 
And we see that cost in John 3:16. For God so loved his kids, the world, where all his kids, that he gave his son Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, God paid the highest cost possible to give us the greatest invitation imaginable. There's nothing God wants more than to have you all to himself. 2 Corinthians 6 and verses 16 and 17 from the message say this. God himself put it this way. I'll live in them, move into them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. That's an incredible invitation. I want you all for myself. And there's someone here, I believe, that needs to hear that today. You see, you've been doubting whether you're good enough. You've been doubting whether you're worthy enough. You may feel like a failure and you're failing, but God says to you, I want you for myself. He extends his invitation to you. He's longing for you to come to him today. You just need to RSVP. And then there can be three responses to an invitation that we receive. The first one being, I don't know why I've been invited to this. See, we can doubt, we can question, and we can overthink things. The second is that you can go, but only for a part of it, because you've consulted your diary, and there's already something in there that can't be changed. It will be an inconvenience for you to do so. The third is that we're all in. We're there with bells on. We're ready to party and accept the invitation. We're going to enjoy it, embrace it, and be thankful, and we'll make the most of the invitation we've received. And I want to suggest the third one is the one we should react to uh, when God gives us that invitation. But sadly, when sometimes when God does give us that invitation, we choose to accept it on our terms, and we can treat it like any of other invitation we're given. You see, we may doubt it. We may question it. We'll consult our diaries to see whether we're inconvenienced by it. We'll check to see first if it fits in with our plans. And how often have we missed the invitation to be part of what God is doing because we invite God to be a part of what we're doing? What if we viewed the moments we gather together as a personal invitation from God? What would our churches, our life groups, our youth groups, our meetings with each other in everyday life really look like? And I'm speaking for myself as, as much as anyone else when I say what I'm about to, because God has really been challenging me on this. See, does our expectation meet with God's invitation? Do we expect God to move when he invites us into his presence? See, I've had moments when I've had this, and as a result, I've seen God do incredible things. I'm sure we all have miraculous things, 
But like I said, they've been moments. But I believe God is asking me, asking us to not settle for moments, but to accept his invitation and raise our expectation. You see, God invites us to pass on the invitation we have from him so that we can reach others for him. And we have to understand what I'm about to say next. You see, God didn't just save you for you. He saved you to save others through you. And when you get that, it changes everything. You see, we have an invitation from him to invite others to him. God chooses us. He chooses you to reach people for him. That's an incredible invitation, isn't it? So what's your RSVP? You know, in the last few weeks, I've started to accept God's invitation, and I've been more intentional about raising my expectation. You know, I regularly at lunchtime get from behind my desk here at the church, and I walk around the town praying for, for the area and for people as they pass. You know, it's, it's something I've done for ages. But recently, I've been really challenged. And instead of praying for people as they've passed, I've actually prayed with people because I've asked. I've had words for people, encouraged people, carried bags for people. And this Friday afternoon, just gone, I prayed for an elderly gentleman with a, a bad back who said it had significantly improved after praying with him. I got to share with him why I did it. And all I simply said was it be, is because Jesus loves me and I want to show how Jesus loves you too. I didn't lead him to Christ in that moment, but he was totally blown away that Jesus, that someone was concerned about him. And he couldn't stop shaking my hands and thanking me. That in itself was a sign his back was better. He was going mad. You know, that possibly changed his whole day. And who knows uh, whatever else. But it wasn't much of a hardship for me. I just responded to an invitation. And because of that response, I got to witness God do something incredible. And for that, you know, he gets all the glory. And then one night last week, a week last Thursday, I met a friend from this church in Merry Hill for a coffee. And it was decided that we'd meet together uh, and pray and see what God might be saying. And as we walked around the shopping center, I felt God say, give someone a, a significant amount of money. And I'm like, yeah, God, that's really funny. Good joke. But you know, when God says something to you and he's not joking, you just have to do it. And this person was with a, a big group of people. And I'm like, there's no way I'm doing it in front of all them. And then, just like the Red Sea, the friends scattered. They parted and went into the shop. And it just left a couple of them. And that was my moment. I went over and said through gritted teeth, holding the money, I just want to give this to you. The person said, no at first, and I was like, yes, I'm walking away. But then God said, no, you stay. I explained that I would really like them to, to have this money, that they could use it for whatever they wanted. I said I was a Christian, and that I really felt they needed it. And more importantly, 
that God knew that they needed it. With that, there was a few tears. And then they said, you don't know how much this means to me. I handed it over, said God bless to them, and walked away with my wallet empty and really angry with God. (laughs) I'm joking, it's all his anyway. Again, there was no leading them to Christ in that moment. And I don't really think it was about that, not then anyway. And plus, can you imagine the stories and the people they'll tell of this guy, this random good-looking guy giving them money? You know, if that doesn't get them to church, nothing will. (laughs) You know, God is good. And the guy that was with me, he had incredible words for people too, and he was spot on with them. You know, just as we were leaving uh, the, Mary, the center, I bumped into another friend who goes to a, a different church. And as I was speaking um, to, to that friend, my other friend asks if he can pray for this person. And then he goes on to speak directly into a situation that they were facing. They were just amazed. And that was amazing. And it was all because we responded to an invitation with expectation. No, I'm not saying this is what you all have to go and do. See, you might have a a different invitation. What I am saying, though, is be aware of the things that God is inviting you to be a part of and then step into them with expectation. See, God is looking for us to accept his invitation and then extend his invitation. You see, with God, it's always uh, about people. Another thing that can stop God's invitation is distraction. And for me, this is something I need to be much better at. See, the enemy's biggest weapon, you can forget about the weapons of mass destruction. With him, it's the weapons of mass distraction. He uses them all the time. He will use anything to focus your attention away from God. See, it could be a situation you're going through, a frustration that you have, a a lack of something you think you deserve. Guys, I just want you to be careful with that one because the Bible says that we lack nothing. He will use relationships. He will use hardship. He will use disappointment. And he will use appointments, purposely putting them in your way as a distraction to take your focus off God. See, this afternoon, Cara has a birthday party that she's been invited to. And it's at exactly the same time as the Wimbledon final. But it's okay because Dee's taking her. No, I'm joking. She's Scottish. She'll be supporting him. But the serious point to that is, if, that, if I was a, a hardened Andy Murray fan, Cara's invitation may take second place to that. She'll miss her invitation because of another distraction. How often does God's invitation to us take second place because of another distraction? I'll let you think about that one. You see, it's not always negative as well. The enemy doesn't always use negative things. But I want to suggest over time that it will have a negative outcome. And that's because we're missing out on God's incredible invitation. You know, in the Bible, we constantly see Jesus' invitation to people, to people to come to him. And that invitation is valid for us all to accept today. And I want to show you six invitations that Jesus made. 
that covers just about everything that we'll need to keep our focus on God. See, we first have to know that we're invited before giving that invite out to others. And some, as you'd expect, are going to be easier to accept than others. So we have an invitation from Jesus to RSVP. See, with Jesus, we're invited to come and follow him. Matthew 4 and verse 19 says, Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. You know, this was an incredible invitation at the time Jesus made it. The power and significance of it was huge. You see, uh, a teacher, a, a rabbi, to approach a person and ask them to follow them was a, a big deal. It meant that the rabbi believed in them, believed in their potential, and they had the ability and the commitment to become just like him. It was an amazing invitation. But Jesus gives this invitation to ordinary guys who then go on to do extraordinary things. You see, Jesus believed in them and used what they knew how to do. See, he called them to fish for people with the same energy that they fished for food. Jesus calls ordinary people and he uses what they have. Jesus calls all people. See, with him, no one is overlooked. And as he called them, they knew the importance of their calling. You see, it wasn't to be taken lightly. It was a calling for, that would last for the rest of their life. There was no turning back. They'd have put everything else aside for the one that they'd chosen to follow. They'd have been aware of the huge sacrifice involved, but they also knew from the outset that it was worth it. How, how are we responding to Jesus' invitation to follow him? Are we prepared for the sacrifice involved? Do we really get the importance and the significance of it? Do we believe that Jesus believes in us to continue the work he started, just as he did with those first disciples? Do you have an invitation to follow him? What's your RSVP? Then with Jesus, we're invited to come to him. Matthew eleven twenty eight it says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, here we get an invitation from Jesus to give him the things that are weighing us down, that are troubling us. We're invited to exchange our difficulties, our heavy burdens for his rest. That can sound like an invitation too good to be true. And you know what? Sadly, it is. And that's because we don't always take that invitation. You know, I know in my life when I face difficult times, the, the last thing I've done is prayed about it, is give it to Jesus when it should be the first thing. You see, an invitation is only of any benefit when you choose to accept it. And you may be facing a difficult situation here this morning. Some of you may have suffered loss. You're hurting. You're angry. Your head's a mess. You don't know where to don't know where to turn. Circumstances for you have been wearing you down for way too long now. You know, I don't know what it is you may be facing, but 
Jesus does. And he invites you to bring it to him. You have an invitation to give it to him because he cares for you and he invites you to take his rest. What an invitation that is. But it is conditional on you. You have to come. You have to accept it. Whatever it is you're facing, Jesus can handle it. It may feel like you're in over your head, but you need to know that it's under his feet. The invite is yours to take. So what's your RSVP? And just an aside, you know, we have a, a prayer room after the service and some prayer guys that would love to pray with you for anything that you're facing. Please don't leave here without accepting that invitation. They want to stand with you and pray for you. Then with Jesus, we're invited to come and see. I love this uh, story in the Bible. John 4, 29, one verse says this, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? And you may know where this is from and the story well. This is just after Jesus' encounter with a, a woman at the well where he voluntarily reveals his identity to her. The only time he does this in his life, he tells her he's the Messiah. And as a result, she's totally transformed because of the invitation that Jesus gives her. She then runs back to the village where she was once an outcast and she extends this invitation to them. Here, we see evangelism at its best. You see, she accepted the invitation and then extended the invitation. See, she didn't just give them information. She followed through with an invitation to come and see. Come and see for yourself. You know, sometimes we're good at the information. We'll tell people about our faith in God, but it's got to be matched with an invitation. You know, every Sunday here is an inviting opportunity. And in two weeks' time, as you saw in the on the screens, we start a brand new series called At The Movies. We're going to transform this place. There'll be posters everywhere. There's a, a photo booth in the venue. Plus, we're serving popcorn after every service. You get a little bit excited uh, about that. It's a great opportunity to invite friends, family, work colleagues. You know, they'll be blown away. But you know what? They'll also get to hear a life-changing and relevant message about Jesus. And that's why we do what we do. We'll be launching Alpha through that series too, which is another great invite, invitation opportunity. But guys, you know it's not just limited to a Sunday. I know you know that, but I want to help you further. See, I work from three things that help me keep me focused and intentional about inviting people. And they're as follows. I want to pass them on and you can use them if they're like. They're not original to me. I, I got them from Craig Grishella, a pastor in America. He says this, but I use them constantly. He says this, when was the last time you had a lost person in your home? The builder and the electrician don't count. How many meaningful conversations do you have with non-Christians in a week? And then who are the non-believers that you are regularly praying for? See, these three things have really helped me to stay intentional uh, about inviting people. 
And guys, we have to be intentional about our invitation culture. See, it's so important that we never go down a road of, of not caring for people. We're simply to invite. And then it's Jesus who invites us to come and see that he's the Messiah. He can prove that for himself. He doesn't need any help. And it's why he sent the disciples away in the original story in John chapter 4. You can go and read it for yourselves. You know, maybe we could stop trying to prove people to Jesus and instead just show them Jesus. And then offering that invitation to come and see that he is the Messiah for themselves. Jesus invites us to reveal him, not necessarily to prove him. That's the Holy Spirit's role. We have an invitation to invite people to come and see. But guys, that invitation is for us too. You know, this morning, you may need to see the Messiah afresh for yourselves. That invitation is yours. What's your RSVP? And then with Jesus, we're invited to come and drink and eat with him. And I've put these together here because we see that Jesus cares for our body and soul. John 7, 37 to 38 say this. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. It's here as Jesus is uh, at the temple celebrating the feast of tabernacles. And you have to get the importance and the significance of this. It's huge. It's where water is gathered and then pulled out, poured out on the altar of sacrifice. It's in that moment that Jesus cries out, if you're really thirsty for God, then look no further than me. I will satisfy you. You will have rivers of living uh, life flowing from within you. And what Jesus is talking about there is salvation and the gift of eternal life. And then the promise of the Holy Spirit that was to come. See, it's the greatest indication that he's the Messiah. The one the Jews have been waiting and looking for. It's an incredibly brave invitation as well, especially at that time as there were many religious leaders there who were plotting against him. But the invitation of eternal life and the fullness through the Holy Spirit was one worth making. And we have this same invitation today. If we're thirsty, if we want more of God, if we're empty in our own way of doing life, we can turn to Jesus. We can come to him and he will always satisfy. Then John 21 and verse 12 says this, Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. And again, this is just after Jesus' death and resurrection. And all his disciples had gone back to doing what they knew before Jesus had called them. But here, from Jesus, we see an amazing picture of love, grace, and affirmation. You need to know that Jesus isn't against you when you mess up. When you 
go back to things that you once knew. See, he's there to help you. He's there to pick you up. He's there. He extends his invitation to you to come and eat with him, to come back into a relationship with him again. And it's here in this passage. We see also he even cooks the breakfast. How incredible is that? He's waiting to meet with you. So you may feel uh, that you're not once where you were with Jesus. You may have felt things slipping away. But today, you have an invitation to start again. That's essentially what he's showing the disciples there. You have an invitation to come back into a fullness of, of a relationship with him. He's waiting for you. He's even cooked the breakfast. So what's your RSVP? And then with Jesus, and this is a potentially difficult one, we're invited to take up the cross. Matthew 16 and verse 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. See, when Jesus said this to his disciples, they'd have known what Jesus meant. Crucifixion was a Roman method of execution. They'd have got the seriousness of what Jesus was asking them to sign up to. They'd have understood what it meant. And it meant true commitment, true sacrifice, even to the risk of death. They knew, again, there was no turning back. And it's here that Jesus is laying it on the line. He's letting them know that they must put everything else aside in order that they can carry out the mission, the invitation he's given them. See, it's not so much about loss, but actually about eternal gain. See, Jesus is letting them know that it's in him only will they find true life, true meaning, true satisfaction, and true completeness. And it's here he's sort of telling them the phrase I used earlier, don't let the distraction stop you from an invitation. And then in Mark 10, 21, we see this played out as Jesus addresses uh, a young, rich uh, leader who has a, a major distraction. And then because of that, we see he turns down the invitation. It, it says this, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. It goes on to say in the next verse that at this the man's face fell and he went away very sad because he had many distractions. Actually says possessions, but it was a distraction. See, he kept what was temporal and he turned down what was eternal. Jesus invites us to take up the cross, to put everything else aside because it's the best thing for us. It may be hard, but it's not impossible because with God, nothing is impossible. He's always with us. And we also know that nothing of any real value comes without difficulty. It's gonna be hard. It's a proven fact that we grow through pain. And there's a saying that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And following Jesus, we only have to die to self. And then we get to live for eternity. That's not a bad exchange in my opinion. 
So don't let any distractions stop you from his invitation. You're invited to take up the cross and fully trust in him. So what's your RSVP? The last invitation we're going to look at is that with Jesus, we're invited to come away with him. Mark 6, 31 says this. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have chance to eat, he, Jesus, said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. This is linked to that last invitation Jesus gives us. See, Jesus knows that life gets difficult sometimes. He lived it out and he also understands the importance of taking time out, not just for ourselves though, but with him. That's important. We often take times out for ourselves, but leave Jesus out of it. Take time out for ourselves, include him in it. Jesus practiced this when he walked the earth. See, many times we see in the Bible that Jesus withdrew to spend time in a relationship praying to his father. It's this that gave him the strength to carry on with the mission that he had. And it's here that Jesus has given his disciples and us that same invitation. See, it's only by getting away with him, spending time with him in prayer that we can continue the mission he's called us to. It's an important invitation, but it's one we can often forget. You see, in the difficulty and the busyness of life, with so many people coming and going, Jesus gives us an invitation to come away with him, to spend time with him and find rest. It's an invitation that will ultimately give us the strength to carry on. So what's your RSVP? I want to invite the band to come back up. There's one final invitation I want to leave you with today. One final invitation that we have from Jesus. And that's to remember him. To remember what he did for us. And as we do that, we're going to take communion together. You see, it's an invitation to remember the massive price he paid. Price he paid for every single one of us. It's an invitation to remember how special, how important we are to him. He paid the highest cost possible in order to give us the greatest invitation imaginable. You can tweet that. It's yours for free. We're invited to remember never to forget, never to forget until his return that his body was broken and his blood shed. That was for us, for you. And as Abby sings this incredible song over us, you're invited to come. You're invited to come and accept Jesus' invitation just as you are. He loves you as you are. You don't have to be any different with him. You're invited to lay down your burdens. You're invited to fall into his arms. You're invited to find his mercy. You're invited to come, just to come as you are. And what's gonna happen is Abby's gonna sing, the servers are gonna give out communion. And then for a moment, I want you to take time to accept the invitation that Jesus gives you. 
Let him speak to you. Let him see what he may be inviting you into. And then as you've done that, when you're ready, eat the bread and drink the wine. It's an invitation to remember him and what he's done for us. And then I'll come back and I'll close. What an incredible invitation that is to come as you are, to exchange the difficulties, the troubles, the the problems that may be going on in your life, to accept his invitation and take upon you his rest, his peace, his purpose, his plans. It's an incredible invitation. And you know what? We often invite God to, to come and do something. We often invite God to come into the spaces where we are. And that's all well and good. But today, Jesus is extending that invitation to you. You have an invitation to follow him, to come to him, to come and see him, to come and eat and drink with him, to come and take up your cross, and then to come away with him find strength so what's your RSVP how are you going to respond we're going to finish with an incredible song and I think it demands a response it's a hard cry it's a it's a response saying that I will choose to follow you just like the disciples said there's no turning back so What's your RSVP? How are you going to respond? How are you going to accept that invitation this morning? Will you choose to follow him? And will you choose to say to him, there's no turning back? So let's stand and we're going to sing and we're going to declare this as we leave together this morning. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that we have an incredible invitation from you. We have an invitation to extend that invitation also. But Father, I want to thank you first and foremost that you invite us to come to you, to be changed by your presence. And I pray, Father God, that our invitation would would be met with expectation. Father God, that we'd hope to see, that we'd wanna see you move in power in our lives. Move through our lives as we invite people to come to you. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you send send us out with that power and purpose, knowing that we're first invited. We have everything we need. We have your attention. We have your smile. We have your love. We have your grace. We're invited into your presence. But then let's go on to extend that invitation to a broken world that needs it. Let this church not be the best kept secret in Hales Owen any longer. Jesus, send us out in the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining with us. Please, if you need prayer for anything this morning.